Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashah Vayigash and in a Siha of the Rebbe, of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, he comes to explain to us what is the purpose of our material wealth in the world and how is it connected to exile. In the beginning of the, of the parasha, Yosef has an encounter with his brothers. There's a saga that has been going on for the last weeks and it's coming to its culmination in which Yehuda is pleading with him to let his little brother Benjamin go. He thinks he's the viceroy of Egypt. He doesn't recognize him as Joseph. And uh, they know that if he keeps Benjamin with him, the father, Yaakov, will die of, of pain. So at that moment, Yosef cannot take it anymore. He realizes that his brothers have, have done Teshuvah, that they're willing to give their lives for their brother, which was what they were supposed to do with him. And he sees that they have already corrected their misdeeds. So at that moment, he identifies himself to his brothers and he says to him, Ani Yosef, I am Yosef. And so God has, he says something that is very important. It's major, 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 not only for that time, but for our time, for our personal lives, our personal exiles, our personal pains. And he says to the brothers, God has sent me ahead of you to secure a remnant of you on earth and to grant life for you with great deliverance. And now it was not you who sent me here. This is a punchline. It was not you who sent me here, but God. And he had me appointed as a ruler throughout the land of Egypt. So what just Joseph is saying to the brothers is you, your misdeed had a purpose. I, I was going to end up in Egypt anyways. It was either through you or it was either through another way. Maybe I would have been kidnapped or whatever would have happened, but I had to end up in Egypt. And um, everything was Ashkaha Pratis. Everything was divine intervention. And not only was divine intervention, but it has, has a divine purpose. So that Yaakov and his family could endure famine. So many years before, 22 years before that, Yosef left the house of his father, that they thought, the father thought he was dead, that he had been eaten by an animal. Although deep in his heart, he never lost faith that he was alive. That's why he could never come to grips with it, because he was still alive. But the, the purpose of him coming down to Egypt, one of the purposes was to ensure that the family would not die of hunger that they would be able to be fed in these years of famine. And he continued by telling them to inform Yaakov, the father, that he should come down immediately to Egypt and, uh, and not delay. So another of the explanations I've heard is that the exile was something that was imminent. This was going to happen to the Jewish people, or to the J Jacob's family, there were 70 souls. It was going to happen to them regardless if Yosef was going to end up there as a viceroy or not. This was part of the prophecy that God said to Abraham many years before. And they were going to come down to Egypt. But this way in which they came down to Egypt and Yosef becoming the viceroy of Egypt made 
Yaakov's entrance into, e into Egypt, the, 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 the exile, his galut, was not going to be a shameful galut. He, he was going to come down to this land as a, the father of a prince, the father of an incredible person. He, with dignity, reverence, the Pharaoh gave them the best piece of real estate of Egypt. He gave them the land of Goshen, which was the most fertile part of the, of the country where their sheep could pasture and they could build yeshivas and learn. And they had like a green card in Egypt for many, many years until Joseph died and then Pharaoh forgot about him and our, our problems began. So this sequence indicates that the descent of Yaakov and his family into Egyptian exile depended of, of Yosef's uh, position as a ruler of the land and God made it possible for the purpose of the Egyptian exile to be fulfilled. So then we see <clears throat> that uh, Abraham was promised by God. God told him many years before, he said to him that his descendants will be foreigners in a land that is not theirs for 400 years. So it was, it was already said to him before Yaakov, before Joseph, before that his descendants would end up as in exile for 400 years and they would be enslaved and they would be oppressed. But also Hashem promised him, promised Abraham, that they would depart with great wealth. And the promise that the Jews would live with great wealth was not given merely to afford some comfort during the oppression they suffered, but what it's saying, us, it's saying this to us is that the whole purpose of exile, and we're talking about exile from in Egypt, we're talking about Galut in our own times, the whole purpose of exile is, um, is related to the wealth that the Jews came out with from Egypt. So Rashi comments in the Parasha Shemot that as a proof, one of the reasons given for the plague of darkness, which was the ninth plague in which it became so pitch black that the Jewish people enabled the Jewish people to go into the homes of the Egyptians and see where their valuables were kept. And, and, and Hashem said to them, take everything, take everything with, with you. And so it was, was one of the purposes of this plague. Apart that also that night, 80% of the Jewish people died in the plague of darkness because they didn't want to come out of Egypt. They, they wanted to stay there forever as slaves and they didn't want to come out of Egypt and there was no purpose for them anymore. So, but to give dignity to the Jewish people, they died in darkness so nobody could see that they were burying them. But the Rashi tells us here that the darkness enabled the Jews to inspect the houses of the Egyptians and take with them all their wealth, their silver, their gold, everything they had. So on the surface, there is a difficulty that we see here. When in slavery in particular, in an, is difficult and bitter slavery, as was the slavery in Egypt, it was actually 210 years of brutal, brutal, painful labor and mistreatment. Any person would be willing to give up their fortune and be free and, and not have to endure this, this suffering. And indeed the Talmud relates and Berahot 
that when God told the Jews to ask the Egyptians for their valuables, the Jews' answer may be that we ourselves leave. That the reason they went to ask for the valuables in the Egyptians' homes was because they could not live without the valuables. The reason they, they could live only if they took with them their valuables. And the Talmud illustrates this concept with an analogy of a prisoner who is told, we will free you tomorrow and give you a lot of money. And this prisoner says, don't give me anything and let me be free today. So we see here that the natural response of a human being is they don't want to suffer. They, they, what do they care if they're going to be billionaires if today they're being uh, put into so much pain? They don't want to feel pain. So to enable this objective to be achieved, it was necessary to, for Joseph to become the ruler of the land and gather all the wealth of the lands as it's written, and Yosef gathered all the silver, and our sages command all the silver and gold in the world, this made it possible for the Jews to depart with great wealth. So we see that the wealth of the Egyptians was really the wealth of the Jews. Joseph already had this wealth, once they became slaves, it was taken away from them. So let's understand through the eyes of the Rebbe and Hasidut and our mystical teachings. What does it mean to be wealthy? Why the material world is so important? Why for a Jew the, the material world is so alluring? And after reading this Siha really comes into perspective that the, the reason the Jew loves wealth and <laughs> We have a, a reputation for that. We've seen it throughout the ages that they make these uh, cartoons with the Jews with the big noses and their pockets full of money and greedy and all these things that come into Jewish hatred. They use it. In reality, in the essence of a Jew, in the essence, I'm saying the godly neshama, there's an understanding that the resources of the world, the wealth of the world, really is intended to be elevated. It's here so we can release godly sparks from it. So to explain it in a short, long way, uh, in, a lo in, a, yeah, in, a in a long, short way, I don't know, short, in a short version, when Hashem created the world, He created first a first world, a number one world, before this world in which we exist. And he created this world with Gevura, with discipline and judgment. And it was very, very harsh when he created this world. And this world could not exist as he created it. It, it was a bad experiment and it, 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 it shattered. It was called the world of Tohu, the world of chaos. And all the sparks of this world ended up in our world, in this world where we are. And these godly sparks are contained in the material world. So wherever a Jew is, it, this is the Hasidic philosophy, this is Kabbalah, we are there to release the godly sparks that are in exile. So in Egypt, there were 220, the 220, 288 sparks of holiness that had fallen into Egypt. And the Jewish people were 220 years slaves, as slaves, releasing these uh, sparks from Egypt, acquiring the wealth. The wealth was what 
was contained, these godly sparks from the world of Tohu was contained in the wealth of Egypt. So by the Jewish people taking with them this wealth, what they were doing was that they were redeeming the wealth, they were returning the godly sparks of this wealth to its source. So if you analyze the, the Torah, the mitzvot, all the mitzvot that we do, most of them are even very spiritual mitzvot, are done with material objects. For example, if you're going to pray, the praying, praying is very spiritual. You would think it has nothing material, but no, you have a siddur, you have a book that you pray from, or you pray today from your iPhone, or you pray from the Torah, you open when they have to lay the Torah on Tuesdays and Thursdays and on Shabbat or special days that they lay from the Torah. These are material objects. It, it, they're done with parchment, with ink. They had to use a, a pen. They, they, they have to bind the book with leather. A man puts on the film. It's such a spiritual experience. But it's done with an object, with a material object. So we're taking the world, we're taking the material of the world, and we are using it for the service of Hashem. That's the purpose of the material world. So a Jew in his essence, in his godly neshama, he knows that he has to redeem all these godly sparks. Even money, which is, could be the lowest of the lowest, really you could use it for the highest of the highest, which is to help other people and bring goodness to other people and to bring goodness to your family, to pay for your children's education, their clothes, uh, their needs, your wife, your, 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 everything. So the material world, the Jew is not an ascetic person that lives in a cave on top of a mountain and gets rid of all materialism and lives a, a life devoid of materialism. This is so anti-Jewish. The Jewish experience is you dress nice, you, you have a nice home, the best you can afford. You, you, for Shabbat, you put on your nicest tablecloth, you put on the nicest dishes, you cook the best food, you drink the best wine. You, you use the, your resources to elevate everything for the service of Hashem. You do it for God. A, a, a person, everything's in the intention. A woman likes to dress nice. We're made like that. It's a natural thing. Every woman likes to look nice. If they're not looking nice, then something's wrong. But why does she have to look nice? Is it for her? Is it for the husband? Is it for the people that see her? No, it's because she's a, she's a representative of, of, of the king of Hashem in this world. She's a, a, a Bas Melech, she's the daughter of the king. And the daughter of the king has to represent the king. She has to look nice. She has to be clean, she has to look nice. She has to look nice. So when we use the world to serve Hashem, to elevate the name of God, to use it for a kiddush Hashem, then the wealth, the, the, the material is going to be released and it's going um, to be redeemed. It's going to go back to its source. If a person has things, has material things, has stuff, how I call it, and he's not using it, to elevate the world, then these material things are in exile. And the saddest thing is that the soul of the person 
is in exile with these things. If you redeem the material world, your soul is going to be redeemed. It goes hand in hand. If a person only loves the material because it gives him um, it gives him a stature and people have to respect him because he has money, because he drives this car, because he has this house, then he's completely a slave. He's not redeemed. He's in exile. And his, his wealth, whatever he owns, is also in exile. Also, another thing that comes into mind here is that your possessions are meant to be your possessions. Whatever you own in your life, anything you have, is meant to be yours. It's meant to be for you to, to, to exile, to, to redeem it. Whatever you have is for you to elevate. And, uh, and that's why it's ridiculous to want what someone else has. Because when you want what someone else has, then you lost the point. Whatever that person has is what he, it's his to, to elevate. Whatever you have is yours to elevate. So be happy with your lot. Be happy with your possessions. They're there for you. They're there. They're meant for you to be elevated. And only you can bring them to uh, fruition. So the ultimate fulfillment of every created being is to accomplish the will of the creator. We're all here to serve our, our, our God, to serve Hashem. Every creature in this world, even the birds, are singing praises to God. And that's the ultimate fulfillment of, of creation, is to serve Hashem. So this is the purpose of creation. And since it's God's will that all sparks of holiness in Egypt be elevating, doing so represents the greatest possible good for each individual, for it brings the most complete level of, of, of fulfillment. And to finish off, the Rebbe says here that exile is not merely a punishment for our sins. We're in exile because, yes, we misbehaved and the temples were destroyed. This Friday we're going to be fasting. The 10th of Tevet is when Nebuchadnezzar breached the walls of the first temple and there's many things that happened that day that were very sad. Until today we're paying the, uh, the, the, the lack of, of love for other people, the baseless hatred, Sinat Inam, that was in the midst. People hated each other for no reason. And we have to correct these things. And yes, we're still here because we ha still have to learn that. We still have to work on that. But the Rebbe says here that the intent of the exile is not a punishment. We're not here stuck in exile in Galut as a punishment for our sins. The ultimate purpose of exile is to elevate the sparks to holiness. That's what we're doing here. This is our job. And it's going to come a time when Mashiach is going to come and we're going to be redeemed and this is game over. It's going to be done. Everything's going to be elevated. There's no more job for us here. There's no more work for us here. It's going to be done. So in reality, we should uh, take into account that this is a moment of opportunity to be able to serve God, to be able to elevate the world to bring godliness to the world through our actions, through our thoughts, speech, and actions, and um, and to do it uh, with love and with awe and with fear. Silver represents um, love, and gold represents fear. Love means that you you want to serve Hashem because you want to bring pleasure to Him. You want to be making Him happy. 
You wanna, you wanna show him you care about him. You wanna show him you're fulfilling the purpose. And fear is really the high level of fear is to be petrified to do anything that would go against Hashem because every time we do something that is not in God's agenda, what we're doing is we're going farther away from Him. So once we get this wealth, we understand spiritually to love and, and have all Hashem, uh, we understand that that's really a rich person, the person that understands how to be connected, how to live a life of purpose, of meaning, and to understand that we have a job, we are here for a reason, it's not empty, there's a purpose, and exile has a purpose, and we should fulfill the purpose. So I wish you a blessed week, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.